Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout, which is now part of the High Productions family. As per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout. And now, Drama School Dropout is still a global phenomenon. That's right, my podcast is a global phenomenon because we are charting in three different countries across the globe. We're not really a global phenomenon, but we are boosting my ego and feeling my fantasy of being famous. So that's where we're at. But thank you so much to everyone who listens in at home that makes all all of this possible because without you guys we wouldn't be charting anywhere and it genuinely means the absolute world. Now episode 25 today we are quarter of a way to 100 episodes which is absolutely mental and it's the end of our celebration month celebrating my birthday so this is the final episode of double drama school drop hour april so next month we are back to one episode a week but today i am joined by an acting duo from scotland please welcome to the podcast daniel cullen and hannah morton drama school drop no graduation day for you, drama school dropout. Thought your whole course, now try something new, drama school dropout. Hello. Hi. How are you? Hi. Oh, How are we all doing? Good. Feeling good. Yeah, feeling good. I was, um, I actually messaged Hannah last night to say, remind me to tell this story uh, for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure if you wanted me to know the story beforehand, like if you wanted it to be like a bet, but then you've just left it now that it's coming on no, the podcast. No, I just want you to just be quiet and listen to it, okay? <laughs> Stop, oh, um, right, <laughs> of course. All right, so... I think this is, describes where I'm at perfectly at the moment. So I was, uh, I was saying to Ingram before we started as well, I've got a little cat, Shiro, and I spend all my time with Shiro, just in my flat, me and the cat. Um, and it's nice. You know, we get on well. Uh-huh. Generally. But I did find the only other place I go really is a supermarket. So I went into the local co-op uh, on the Isle of Skye in Scotland, um, if anyone doesn't know. So I went in there to get my shopping for food to, to eat. Um, and I was there was. I like I was that you had to clarify the, that. <laughs> I was uh, I was looking at the broccoli, okay, um, and they usually mm-hmm. have these. They usually have a type of broccoli that I couldn't see there, basically, and um, that I could see like just next to me, to my right, was the one of the co-op shop assistants. And instead of saying "excuse me," I said, and that is. I am not, in any way, that is not a lie. I, I sort of them to try and get their attention. I, I adore that. Shit. I That's have done that. the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think, think it's sort of, yeah. I think we should all just start doing it. shows that. that maybe you should get maybe flat, mate. Been alone, at the ca- alone with the cat for too long. <laughs> So, for a little bit of context, um, I, one of my best friends and writing partner, who was my very first guest on this podcast, is called Heather Spiden, and we write, wrote a show together, and we're currently in the midst of putting it on. And I was sat with her one night because we were doing rehearsals for our rehearsed reading, and I was sat saying, "I've got some really good podcast guests coming up, but they're all women." And then it all changed, and I got too many men, and I was like. But now I've got too many men and I don't want it to look like I'm just interviewing men and only giving men a platform and I I want it to look equal. 
-hmm. And I was like, especially during the time we're living in, I don't want it to look like I'm just interviewing man after man. And, and then I got a massive influx of emails, all from women. All women were like, yes, let's do it. (laughs) And then I was saying, right now I don't have enough men. And Heather said, well, I've got a friend called Daniel who does a lot of theatre up in the Isle of Skye. And I was like, yeah, but she was like, it'll be such a good episode, such a good episode. And I was like, okay, yeah, pass me no the contact sure Dan. Uh, So yeah, if you fuck up, I'm going to kill Heather. Um, <laughs> and I was like, Be yeah. funny, be fucking like, funny. Put me in contact with him and we'll sort something out. And Heather actually, the plan was always for it to be the four of us. And Heather was going to be here today. But she is responsible and has a real job. So um, she couldn't. Um, but yeah, so like even just... How dare she? The way we've been speaking in that now, I can see that you and um, he- Hannah are very... I'm fucking mixing the names up already. Great. Love <laughs> myself. So professional. Um, so... Daniel and Hannah work just by watching you like communicate for like the past five minutes that we've been on. You're very similar to me and Heather. Like there's no fucks sort of given mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So yeah. uh, yes. <laughs> how did that like transpire? How did you meet? And was there a point where, cause I know exactly when me and Heather started working together was cause I was struggling with something. Uh, sure. Well, it's a, am, I, am I telling the story or are you telling the story? No, so I'm saying you, you, can, Dan- you can do this story and then, again, just be quiet for my bits coming up. Oh, okay. As, lo- as, long, as, we're, as long as we're clear on that. The people are going to no, want to hear this that. is the thing. <laughs> this is the thing. Dan's one of these people who, would I think, for a very long time, would never class me as his friend until I forced it upon him. I was like, no, you are my friend. <laughs> um, but we've like sort of lived this weird life together like we both went to the same college but at um, very different times because Dan's an old man and I'm a very young lady um, so exact we met, same with me and Heather um, I'm met... I'm young and Heather's very fucking old and um, we went to the exact same <laughs> yeah. college she was just two years above me no so Dan was like I want to say 25 years above me maybe <laughs> like it was a very very different time in the acting world but uh, it wasn't till I got a job with a theatre and education company called Theatre And that Dan so happened to be working with as well. And we were on, it was like the same shows, but they did two separate tours. And so Dan was like head of one and I was brand spanking new in the other one. I had a terrible time. I was with crazy people, people who didn't want to wear clothes, angry young men, who I was also sleeping with. That was a whole other story. Um, and then that Dan sounds was fun, on, like, That's what we want to hear time. about. Yeah. <laughs> Hannah, have yeah. you remembered that other people will listen to this uh, right now? Yeah, this it's fine. Like, it's okay. Not enough people to get you into trouble, don't worry. Everybody knows. <laughs> but yeah, Dan was on the pure happy-go-lucky tour. Like, I just always remember looking at Dan being like, yeah, fun time Dan. Like, he was... I think there was a couple of times where we met up as two teams where dad would like get us to play games. And I was like, okay, like games, fun. And he was like, okay, we're going to play car hide and seek. And I was like, I don't understand. What does this mean? And we had, we had like four cars with us. We had to split up into teams and go hide in the village we were living in, in the cars and text each other clues to where we were. And I just remember being like so jealous that I wasn't in dad's team. Cause I was like, yeah. 
fun. <laughs> and then Dan started a wee, I know, Dan started a wee panto company called uh, Kapow Theatre Scotland. And I Love auditioned the for you guys. Now. Did get in the first time. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, it you like un- unsuccessful audition. <laughs> yeah. Well, fucking living with you as like a, in t- the TIE world, we were put in one house and Dan had to be like, yeah, really sorry, you you didn't get in. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm feeling that so next year, you needed... Yeah, so what happened that year is, was the first year we'd ran a panel. So I started Kapow at the time with um, Ryan and Erica Hassan, uh, husband and wife, dream team, and Emma McDougall, all actors from mm-hmm. kind of Central Belt and Erica's from Essex. And we had written Rapunzel at the time to be a panto. And we were going to be in it, but we were lacking a day. So, but we were a micro tiny company. So what we decided to do is rather than go, we are looking for a dame and have maybe five people come forward that might be able to do it. We thought we'll just do a sort of more open audition. And if we don't get a dame, we could maybe get someone that's brilliant at something else. One of us could step in to be the dame or move some stuff around, you know? So what happened was we got someone who was really good to be the dame. So it wasn't that Hannah wasn't good. Um, it was that she we happened just to find the dame. dame. Yeah, it wasn't until years later that I found out that Hannah's not that good. <laughs> just didn't know. <laughs> so well, see when it comes to there. those casting points, and you've got to tell your sort of friends, and you're you're not going to be in this show. How how do you mentally prepare yourself for that? Because I'm currently casting a show, and we kind of just gave someone a part without asking them to audition, but then realised there's maybe 50 people that have already sent in a self-tape for that part, and some of them are our friends. Like, how do you... I probably shouldn't say we just gave someone a part. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's... Well, it's... it's, it's, I think people... you've, You've made me audition, like, a good couple of times for things, like, once I was already in with you guys. Like, I think it was Misty Island I had to audition for. And then I think we were so, doing like kids' birthday yeah. parties the next weekend, and you had to be like, "Sorry." But I think I, th- I think it comes down to you've got to do what's best for the project. And if if people, I knew Hannah would understand that. It's not she's not going to go, "Yeah, that's brilliant." I'm not involved. I'm happy. But I knew she would go, "Okay, I accept." Because because what it was, she she did a few shows with us, but we did a, a new show that was a totally different style. So it was reasonable to say to even people we worked with before. We're just going to see a wee audition for this because it's completely different to something else that we've done. And I think Hannah understood that and auditioned well, but it's dynamic-wise wasn't the right dynamic. And she understood it. And people that aren't going to understand it um, are probably just not ready to audition and be in the real world because you don't get most of the jobs you go for. So that's just a fact of life. And it's, you know, I don't don't barely get any of the jobs I go for, you know, like 1%. (laughs) But, we get zero you know. of the jobs we go for. <laughs> but that's, that's but just the way it is. It's also, I think, what's happened with us is like, so from that point on, we've sort of steadily worked with each other of just going, I think if you're a creative person who's creating their own work, you like collect people that you know that you maybe don't need to audition, that you don't need to go, oh, can you send me in a fucking show reel or whatever? you just go, I know that person's going to be great and that's who I'm putting in. Like you well, it's up my old college lecturer little... that we gave a part to and I know she's fucking yeah. great. And mm. I also, which uh-huh. I asked her for advice because we were looking for certain people 
and I said, she always said to me that she obviously knows a lot of people, so she would always help me. And I just sent her the character list and said, do you know anybody that would come and audition for this? And she phoned me and was like, um, yeah, I know X, Y, Z for all of these parts. And then this part I'll do if you want. And I was like, right, okay, let me speak to Heather, obviously. And then I, like the little like cunt inside of me was like, obviously we won't ask you to audition. <laughs> <laughs> like, how can I ask somebody who taught me how to act to audition for my show? Like, there was a bit of pressure there. And then, because I had mentioned it to Heather maybe three weeks ago, I was like, should we get Leah to do this part? And Heather was like, no, <laughs> she doesn't fit it. So I was like, okay, well, we won't even ask. And then I phoned Heather last night and I was talking to her and I said, oh, Leah wants to play Rhonda. And she was like, yeah, that, that makes total sense. Yeah, offer her it. Just give her it. And I was like, you said no to this three weeks ago. And she was like, I thought you meant for somebody else. <laughs> I, like, I, I actually like, wasn't listening to you. Yeah, I was like, was. so we've been stressed out about finding somebody to play this character. And we've had somebody sitting in our backpack all along. I was like, fuck you, Heather. Fuck you. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you can go it's fuck hard. yourself. It is hard. But I think... Yeah, it's like you go. So it's you know, in this case, it's your old lecturer, or, or in whatever case, anyone. You, if you've worked with someone before, and I think this is more true. Kapow is obviously we run small scale shows. I'm not claiming to be anything bigger than than, than what we have been, but in six seven years of putting shows on, and I think as time goes on, you value that more. So initially, I was like, I want the best people that I don't, that we can get, and I don't care. It could be our souls, fine, whatever, but. They're brilliant. So I want them. And we made that mistake. We employed some people that are really talented, but dickheads. And oh, I'd rather slip my wrist than work with a dickhead. Yeah, and, and you suffer from mm -hmm. it. And and so that's why, like Hannah says, when you collect people, and it'd be the same for you, Ingram, whoever it is, you, you decide to collect. But like so we recently <laughs> did did a drive-in panel during the, the pandemic, which was brilliant but the first person I phoned driving away from the meeting was Hannah because I went she's always available you know or if, if she, can <laughs> she be. doesn't have any other work going <laughs> no, but like, what I mean by that is she's she's not going to go I don't fancy that like whatever the project is she's no. like, yeah I'm up for it let's make it work and you need people like that and like it'd be the same with, with you guys you know um with Heather where the value of these people is way more yeah than, than any talent that someone has. And he's obviously talented as well, but like personality just is so necessary. Yeah. So normally- do you not, Dan, do you not think like- oh. And you go, sorry. Sorry, interrupting. No, just that I do not think as well, like the jobs that we have got, not saying that we are super successful people, but the jobs that we do get are off the back of other jobs that we've done because people go, oh, they might not be bloody Oscar noms, but nice guy funny good to work with and i know they can pull it off like you know what i mean like it ends up being like who's good to work with not who's the best shakespearean mm. actor it's more like who do i know that i can have a laugh with know that they'll be there on time know that they'll put the effort in i'm saying all these things dan is never on time <laughs> Normally what I like to yeah. ask people at the beginning of the podcast, but because you two are a duo, I thought that that first question would have been better. Uh, how did you get into acting and what was your first role? Oh my God. I just, I was about to be like, oh, my first role was like in theatre and then I went, no, I know what my first role was. 
in primary one, I played the sun in oh. a like a fable. At the it was like the morning. We had like a Friday assembly every morning, and every class did like a play or something like that. And primary ones, uh, I got to play the sun, and I was like hot shit. Like I was a hot commodity in primary <laughs> one because I got to play the sun. Hannah, can I just say that's you did more character development for the the role of the sun in primary one than you've ever done since. What's going on there? I've never seen I've never seen such in depth analysis for any of your parts. How uh, amazing is that though? I completely <laughs> forgot about that until like this moment. Yeah. No, good effort. Well, obviously, so I come from the Isle of Skye, which is rural, and there was no drama department in my school. There is now. There wasn't at the time. So my only exposure to theatre of any kind was the local panto group. So I started doing that, I think, probably late, late, mid-late primary school. And it was in, like, you know, you get the wee comedy duos in them. I think I was one of these parts. So I did, my best friend, still, still my best friend, one of my best friends, Sorry, Hannah. Um, <laughs> Michael, I know, I was like, I'm sitting right here. <laughs> Michael, Michael Brady was his name. So he moved up from Glasgow, like mid-primary school, and he'd been to like the King's sort of drama group or whatever was going on there. And he was like, to us, this was just like so foreign. It's, I could talk about this, about barriers for, for rural working class people in theatre for a long time, but I'll do the funny story instead. It'll be nice. That's another everyone. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> So he moved up from Glasgow and he's like, uh, you know, he's he's feeling bigger than Hannah after playing The Sun. He was like, I am the man. <laughs> he came up and he was like quite uh -huh. arrogant in that. In the first story, first time I ever re really remember interacting. You know, you'd, you'd line up in the, the playground to go back into class. So we were lined up in the playground and he was like, I don't know, he used to sing Elvis all the time. Oh, freak. Uh, so he was like singing Elvis or something. And everyone's like clapping and that. And like, yeah, we love this guy. He's so cool. He's from Glasgow. And I was having none of it. I saw him and I was like, here, mate, fuck off, eh. I'm like, swore at him. And then the, the janitor caught me and I immediately started crying. <laughs> I got dragged into class. Anyway, he was really big in theatre and we became really like best friends not long after that. So it was him that kind of dragged me into that, I think. And I think that even that tiny story from the perspective of a, a primary five boy shows you that someone that had had exposure to theatre in Michael and just saw this is all possible, came straight up and dragged me in and dragged other people. And I think if people have more exposure to, I hate this term, but the arts, sick. <laughs> Um, if you have more exposure to that, then, you know, it's, it spreads organically. And that, that's what it was. It wasn't some government initiative, let's send a kid into a primary school. It was like he'd done it and he told me about it and therefore I got involved. And that's why, again, probably one of our aims is to do things rudely, to do things um, in places that don't, don't see as much theatre, I guess. But anyway, that's tangent like you talk about the arts and things that's really interesting because i recently found out that my secondary school no longer offer music or drama courses and so you can't do a gcse Either. none of them and it's such a shame because when oh. i went to school in a working class village in the northeast of england so i lived in a mining village billy elliot that's me and um so we done like loads of good shows and like we done high school musical greece macbeth and 
it's such a shame looking back on it now, thinking like those were the bits that shaped what I wanted to do in the future. And now there's kids that aren't going to get it. And like I sp- spoke yeah. to the teachers yeah, like about my... it and things. And I don't want to say too much because I don't know what they're going to get into trouble for, for me saying and what they've told me. But it, it's such a shame. And like I would have personally revolted. Yeah. No, because my, my high school is East End of Glasgow, like quite rough high school. And it, but our drama department was like the cool thing to do. Like the, the school show every year was like, all the cool kids did it. So that meant like the years underneath wanted to do it because that's what the cool kids did in the year above. Honestly, like it was, I think I failed all my exams because I was more focused on doing school <laughs> show at the end of the year than I was to actually study for my exams. Like, the, the opposite thing happened to in, us. We we made it cool. Mm-hmm. We made it cool. And then people came in and thought like, we'd done high school musical in my last year of school. And we had made it cool over the couple of years. And people came in and was like, oh, I'm auditioning for Gabriella or Troy. And we all sat there and went, no, you're not. We were like, <laughs> we've built it. We were like, we've built this shit. So we're going to enjoy it for the last. You can have it next year, whatever you do next year. And then they cut drama. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, no, we had we had like a workshop theater. I don't we had no money for it. We had to fundraise everything if we were doing school show. But we had four drama teachers, which in the East End of Glasgow is unheard of. Usually you get one. Um, we had a workshop theater. Um, we just loved it. It was dra- I took advanced higher drama. I know more about the bloody czars in Russia through advanced higher drama than I do about <laughs> like any history. It's bizarre. Like I don't know how we lucked out, but I just was obsessed with it. Loved it. So before we sort of started recording, you were saying about how I had managed to get some pretty cool guests on the podcast. So I have got a list on my phone of dream podcast guests. It's like RuPaul, um, Lisa Kudrow, Ben Feldman. There's a couple of other people on it. And I will say that I've actually got one coming up off of my dream list. So we're all about manifesting. So another question that I sort of like to ask sometimes is if you could pick one person in the world to go and do a two-man show with in the West End, who would it be? And you can't pick each other. Oof, that's tough. So Um, mine would be Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. I think, like, going and doing, like, a funny, like, hour-long show with Whoopi Goldberg would be, like, legendary. It'd be cool. I'm I'm rolling my eyes already at what Dan's answer is going to be because it's going to be some arty, oh, you've never even heard of him. Like, how do you not know his... (laughs) Have you not not seen that really old black and white film that he's in? Oh, like, um, I don't know what you're going to say. Are you kidding me on? I'm not pretentious at all. Um, You're not going to say Zac Efron, are you? No, it is someone you've never heard of, though. That's (laughs) that's just... just, But that's not... This is an anomaly. (laughs) Now, the first people came to my head, right? So I've got some heroes in my life. One of them is a comedian, or yeah, stand-up comedian, Stuart Lee. He does a lot of theatre stuff, and um, he's amazing really inspirational guy so he's talking but he's not technically an actor so the other one that came to my head was um a chap called will sharp who wrote and directed and starred in flowers which was a channel for uh production with olivia coleman and that and uh, i feel like i've heard his name um brilliant he was also in giri haji i think recently that 
uh, I know BBC drama. Anyway, Flowers is was just the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. It's so funny, so sad, so amazing. So that's that. That'd be my acting choice at this moment. What about yourself, Hannah? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm I'm also thinking. Um, should you not cast someone who's like a big name but not the greatest actor so that you look better? <laughs> and then right. like, so you're not compared to that person. But if I was to pick like the dream team, I've just like, my brain's going, oh my God, who? So I love, I love Tina Fey. I love uh, Kate McKinnon. Like just like funny, funny women. Yeah. Love like unapologetic, funny women. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I can't get away from it. I know it's a cliche to love her because she's really popular just now, but if I could have her career, that'd be great. Like, I can't I deny that. I now use Phoebe Waller-Bridge as a verb. Woman. I use <laughs> Phoebe Waller-Bridge as a verb. Like, me and Heather always say to each other, mm-hmm. we're going to Phoebe Waller-Bridge ourselves. Like, we're going to write our own stuff, be in our own stuff, yes. and just become super famous. But I would like to change my answer now that I've actually thought about it. Uh, I don't want to be with Whoopi Goldberg anymore. Sorry, whoops. Um, but Catherine Tate, a change of my mind. Catherine Tate. Oh, really? Yeah. Now that I've thought See, about Catherine it, Catherine Tate's an interesting one. I, I feel love like she that sort woman. of gets written off as just like, oh, she did. She did like a funny sketch show. She's in The Office. She's in Doctor Who. The Range. I'll like, do a sketch show with Catherine yeah, like, Tate. You know what I mean? Like she's. Sort of does a, uh, like, like she honestly just does this thing of being like, oh yeah, I just do like funny characters see in the office she plays like this sort of like sexy woman and i was like i would never have thought that, that was like a, a part not saying she's not attractive <laughs> but just she never really plays that woman i love it i was it. like gosh oh, really sexy part i was like well done Catherine tate and she's very good in doctor who as well <laughs> So now the time has come to play the drama school dropout game. We're going to play stage right or stage shite, where I'm going to give you three crazy drama school, theatre, college, uni, you name it, stories. Two of them are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And one of them is complete bollocks that is manufactured by Heather, our producer. And remember, guys listening in at home, if you want to share your stories for stage right or stage shite, please email us at drama school dropout pod pod at gmail.com so that's drama school dropout pod at gmail.com so let's get right into it so there's three stories two of them are the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth and one of them is bollocks so it is our job to find out which one is the lie let's go so number one we had to have a fight with books on stage and we had special phone books to throw at each other but I got hit in the head with a hardback copy of Deathly Hallows and I got knocked out on stage. Would be me picking up the wrong book, so I can see that. (laughs) So number two, I was playing Romeo for my GCSEs and I was so hungover that during my GCSE drama assessment, I opened my mouth to say my line, but the lines didn't come out. Vomit did. All over Juliet, the girl I fancied the most in school. And number three, I once got a nosebleed during a scene we were doing to a secondary school students about drugs and alcohol. There also happened to be a little subplot about getting your period. My best friend who was playing opposite me stuck a tampon up my nose. (laughs) You want that one to be true? I don't don't regularly carry tampons about with me usually, but if I had one, I would have done it. Um, Okay, I Mm -hmm. think that one's true. 
I think the nosebleed one is true. Same. Well, so that's that stage right. So I think so as well. I think the bullshit think one that... is the GCSE vomiting all over Juliet. Tough. Yeah, I think I think the 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 spew one is stage shite. I'll go with you on that, Ingram. That's what I'm. Th- what are you thinking, Hannah? I'll agree. I'll agree. Stage shite. So we're all one. going for number two. I'm going to check. We're all wrong. It's number one. Oh. Uh, so somebody didn't get knocked the first out. One. And to be honest, I should know that right now because I just lent Heather my Harry Potter collection. So she's currently reading Harry Potter. <laughs> and like, just funnily enough, I've got a hardback copy of Deadly Hallows <laughs> on my desk. Ooh. So this was I know. I feel like for thing. I know. Fuck you, Heather. Hi guys, so you may be wondering where the rest of the episode is, because I know I certainly was. So, fuck Zoom, because at the moment, because of COVID, I'm doing all of the podcasts over Zoom, and Zoom did not take my money for their premium service, because there was three of us on the episode, and we have the pre-chat beforehand, and then we start recording, it elapsed over 40 minutes, and... It stopped recording and we had maybe another 10 minutes and I don't know where that bit of audio has gone. It didn't survive the download and all that shit. So I want to say a big thank you to Daniel and Hannah for coming on and doing the podcast and helping me end Double Drama School Dropout April. We are now officially back to one episode a week. So because we didn't get to end the episode, we didn't get to find out where we can find them on social media. So all of that good stuff will be in the description box below. So I want to thank you as well, guys, for coming and making this month, which we've been celebrating my birthday all month with two episodes a week, so special. Genuinely, I hate turning, getting older and turning into another age, but genuinely, I've had a lot of fun this month talking to some great people, so I want to thank everybody that has come on and helped me celebrate it. So Rebecca Lamarche, Finity Steves, Ian Nelson, Matt Peters, Lauren Mayhew, Connor Clark-McGrath, Hope Carberry, Thomas Turgoose, and Daniel Cullen and Hannah Morton, who we've just been talking to today. So if you're feeling extra generous, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss another episode of Drama School Dropout again when it drops fresh on the podcast shelves. And if you're feeling extra, extra generous, scroll down, leave us a little rating and review. Fuel my fantasy of being famous, boost my ego, and really, it does actually really help the podcast. So please, please do that. And if you've got any stories for Stage Right or Stage Shite, make sure to email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com. And next week, back to one episode a week. So we're back on Tuesday. No time this time. It'll be there when you wake up. We're we're switching things up a little bit. I will be back with one of my best friends from college who happens to be the only person who has ever made me bleed. I'll be chatting to one of my best friends, Connor Patrick. So I will see you again soon, guys. Thank you. Drama School Dropout No graduation day for you Drama School Dropout Fucked your whole course, now try something new Drama School Dropout